Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on Shakespeare and compliance. I recently saw the performance of King Lear with Glenda Jackson as the Mad King. It was a magnificent production, and if you have the chance to see it, I would certainly urge you to do so. The production had many interesting features and interpretations, which seemed to be great entrees into multiple compliance topics. The play was directed by Sam Gold, and it was scored by Philip Glass, but the star power was derived from Glenda Jackson as King Lear. It was a fabulous take on the story and one that will resonate directly to our turbulent times. Therefore, inspired by Octogenarian Jackson and her performance, I'm going to use this performance to take a deep dive into several compliance topics. These topics include innovation, engaging your audience, Lear's Fool, Clinda Jackson's different interpretation of Lear, and changing your focus in compliance. I know you will enjoy this podcast series, the special five-part series of Shakespeare and Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, I want to discuss how Glenda Jackson, starring in the role of King Lear, added a new level of complexity and nuance and indeed a different interpretation to the entire play through her acting. Jackson is an octogenarian, the oldest person I have ever seen play Lear. Having seen my two parents age, I have some understanding that a person does not gain in stature, power, or strength after they cross the 80th birthday mark. In other productions, for instance, I have seen Lear roar and rail at Cordelia. However, Jackson played it understated with nary a raised voice. Even after the intermission, one of the most powerful scenes is when Lear carries off the lifeless body of Cordelia. Lear is in shock and bereaving, yet clearly mad. To pull the scene off requires an actress playing Cordelia to be of a size that the actor playing Lear can physically carry. Glenda Jackson is far too frail to do so. In this penultimate scene, she sat on the stage with Cordelia's head cradled in her lap, gently stroking her dead daughter's hair. It was one of the most tender, loving, and affectionate presentations I have ever seen in Lear. The same week as the most recent blockbuster FCPA settlement, that involving MTS, there were two significant speeches by the Department of Justice officials. The first was Deputy Attorney General, now former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who delivered the keynote address on recent FCPA developments at the Trace Conference in Washington. The second was by Assistant Attorney General Brian Minkowski, who delivered his remarks at the ABA National Institute on White Collar Crime. While there has certainly been much to mine out of both speeches, I wanted to look at them in the context of a stunning result received by Cognizant Technologies and how the corporation received a declination for its FCPA violations as well. After all, the bribery scheme was run by the C-suite of the company, and both the CEO and CFO have been individually charged for their FCPA violations. If there was ever a case of aggravating circumstances under the FCPA corporate enforcement policy, Cognizant Technologies would seem to have presented it and made a declination not possible. So what are the strategic considerations? Well, in Rod Rosenstein's speech, 
it was clear the strategic reason of why Cognizant Technologies received the results it did. He said, in FCPA cases, we incentivize exemplary corporate conduct. If companies self-report violations, cooperate with the investigations, and remediate harm, we reward them with a presumption that we will decline to pursue the company with criminal charges. Instead, we will focus our limited resources on individuals and on companies that fail to take compliance obligations seriously. It is clear from the statement that the DOJ is prioritizing and incentivizing companies to step forward, not only to self-disclose, but also to turn over information on recalcitrant employees and even senior management. But it also requires a robust compliance function. Tactical. What are the specific steps to take? The Minkowski speech <clears throat> made the basis for the cognizant technologies declination even more clear as he laid out the specific steps the DOJ found persuasive. He said that certain high-level employees and agents of Cognizant allegedly participated in a scheme through which they authorized a third-party construction company to pay approximately $2 million in bribes to Indian officials for help in securing a planning permit relating to an office park project. Notwithstanding the fact that the misconduct reached the highest levels of the company, we declined prosecution. Minkowski then went on to articulate the precise reason why a declination was granted in the face of what appears to be the functional definition of aggravating circumstances. The company voluntarily self-disclosed the conduct within two weeks of when the company's board learned of it. As a result, the department was able to identify the culpable individuals and indeed announced charges against the former president and former chief financial officer of the company in the alleged scheme. Minkowski added other factors from the FCPA corporate enforcement policy, which Cognizant Technologies met. The company included a proactive and ongoing nature of its cooperation with the government in investigations and prosecutions and the effectiveness of its pre-existing compliance program and the company's willingness to fully remediate and disgorge the entire cost savings. Bintowski also referred to a little-known notice declination from August 2018 to bookend his remarks around the Cognizant Technologies declination. It involved the Barbados entity insurance company of Barbados Limited, who received a full declination despite the involvement of high-level executives in a scheme to bribe the Barbadian government in exchange for insurance contracts. The DOJ reached its decision based in part on the company's voluntary disclosure, its significant remediation efforts, including the termination of all employees involved, its cooperation with our investigation, and its implementation of enhanced compliance programming and a more robust internal accounting controls. The department pursued individual accountability, charging two of the company's senior executives, as well as a former Barbadian official. Taken together, these two speeches made clear the reasons why the DOJ handed a declination to Cognizant Technologies. The company engaged in the type of conduct after it discovered FCPA violation that the DOJ wanted to reward and encourage going forward. Rosenstein made this crystal clear in his remarks when he stated, We aim to incentivize companies to report crimes, disgorge illegal proceeds, take remedial action, and identify accountable officers so we can prosecute them and do so promptly. That will result in less corporate crime in the future. This is not going soft on corporate crime. This is bringing corporate America into the role, again, uh, to the global fight against bribery and corruption. Yet the Minkowski speech had an equally important 
consideration for the compliance practitioner. The DOJ rewarded Cognizant not only for its quick decision to self-disclose and then doing so, but they also rewarded the company for having a robust pre-existing compliance program, even though C-suite executives led the bribery effort. This recognition by the Department of Justice makes even more important the corporate compliance function and a corporate compliance program to protect an organization if nefarious actors arise. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll join me for the next four episodes of Shakespeare and Compliance. I know you will find them entertaining and hopefully useful in developing your own compliance practice. This special five-part podcast series on Shakespeare and Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.